like we got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. that. We don't got time for that Let's go. Crank it. Crank it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. KU has a chance to clinch a share of the Big 12 title tonight hosting Texas Tech. You can hear it. On our airwaves, pregame 6.30, tip-off at 8 o'clock. So if they win, they're going to bring out the trophies, right? Yeah, I would assume so. Okay. And then so they, they'll they have uh, senior in, day speeches after. They did that in 2019 or 2020 where, same situation, they clinched a share. So they didn't win it outright, but they clinched a share, so they brought out the trophies. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, and uh, guaranteed if they do that, that Bill Self as part of his speech will be like, but let's you know win one more so we don't have to, because we hate Sharon or something. There'll be a comment about that uh, in the postgame. So uh, you'll be able to hear all the, the postgame speeches uh, with the Jayhawk Radio Network tonight here on KLWN. But, you know, this this isn't as easy of a game as, as you would like it to be. I mean, you look up at the Big 12 standings and you see Kansas, you know, in first place. You see Texas Tech toward the bottom of the Big 12, currently in ninth place. But like last night, perfect reminder, like West Virginia goes on the road and uh, beats Iowa State. And I guess that's not as big of a jump up. But, you know, the Big 12 is so good, and I think nothing more is a better indication of it than what I'm about to share. Since February 10th, which I know that's not like that long of a sample size. It's like almost three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. But since that date, Kansas on Bart Torvik is the number three team in the country. They have the fourth best defense in that span. Texas Tech is 16th in the country. So, like, Texas Tech, for all of their struggles through a majority of Big 12 play, they they figured something out. They have gotten rolling again. They have won four of their last five games, and the one loss was by one point. In fact, if you look at their last six games, they're four and two, and the two losses are by a combined four points. To Oklahoma State and TCU, uh, the wins in there: Kansas State, Texas, West Virginia. So, like, yep, they're, they're getting West good Virginia wins. It's, it's a much better team than they were a month ago. But, but, so is Kansas. Yes, I mean, think about this game that they played back in on January third. So almost two months ago. Is there really even that much you can take away? You think from that game that is still applicable to this game tonight? Not as much. I mean, that was more of an open, free-flowing game. Both teams shot lights out from three-point yep. range. Um, Both you, teams shot well just in general. Yeah, they did. Uh, not used to seeing that in like a KU-Texas Tech game. Remember, that was Dewan's 5-for-5 five five game. from three. Yeah. Pop Isaacs went off. Um, Kevin O'Banner went off. Yep. And it was a game that was close to the very finish. So, yeah, I, I don't know. The two teams are so different from now. Uh, now, Dewan... He obviously comes into this game. I guess maybe he'd be given like a questionable tag or maybe a probable tag if you were listing it off uh, NFL designations for the injuries and stuff. But, you know, that that certainly was a storyline after the last time we saw Dewan yeah. against West Virginia. He rolled his ankle. He didn't come back in for the final minute and a half. And you did see him walk through 
handshake lines. What does that mean? I don't know. We heard yesterday Bill Self at the presser basically saying we're going to see if he practices today. That'll be an indication for tomorrow. So we hadn't really known. Well, we did get to hear from Bill Self last night at Hawk Talk with Brian Haney. And here is what he had to say about DeWan Harris. You know, I thought his ankle was really bad because I asked him if he'd go back in. He said no. And I said, you're done? He said, well, unless we go overtime, I can play in overtime. And I said, so <laughs> so that extra two minutes is going to make a huge difference uh, whether or not you come back in. But, uh, but no, nah, he, 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 he is great. He practiced today, so he's okay. That was the next question. So you expect him to be a full go tomorrow? Well, he practiced today, so okay. unless something bad happens walking yeah. to class tomorrow, you know, he, yeah. he should be. So do you think something bad happened walking to class? Well, that would be disastrous, dude. Do you think that's well, you ever happened? Like a- that's got to have happened at some point around I mean, the entire stories, world of college you know, athletics. Like, like Salvador Perez picking up yeah, his bag. Yeah, suitcase and dropping it like on uh, his foot Joe, or something. Actually, this happened just a couple days ago. Joe, Mes- Joe Musgrove, one of the pitchers for the Padres, he dropped a dumbbell on yeah. his toe and broke his toe. And now he's out a few weeks. Like, so, yeah, it would have had to happen. It would have had to happen at some point. Um, no, you, you hope he's okay. Uh but yeah, that, that makes it sound encouraging that he's going to play tonight. And the fact that he, he practiced too makes it encouraging that he's not just going to play, but that he's going to play at a high level. Yeah, I mean, Bill Self, I thought, sounded really optimistic about in that clip yes. and just in general about uh, Dewan playing. And But, you know, obviously, even if Dewan plays like 28, 27 minutes, that's still like eight minutes less than what he's been playing over the past couple weeks. So that would still be a pretty sizable Cut. It would. I don't expect it to happen. Do you think if, if they have to play eight more minutes of Bobby and Joe instead of Dewan, that's a recipe for disaster. It really is. Okay. I don't think you'd be saying that if like before the West Virginia game. No, probably not, but that game did happen. <laughs> I cannot get it out of my mind. So you know, that's fair though. That's fair though. Um, no, I understand. I know I understand what you're saying. But yeah, I mean, obviously. Listen, we've talked about it. I mean, anytime that Dewan is not on the floor and Bobby and or Joe are on the floor, the objective is to just not screw it up. <laughs> just survive. That's, that's the goal. Just survive for however many minutes you need to before Dewan get back out there. Mm-hmm. That's been that's been how it's been all season long. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dewan's your most important player, so just having him in general should and help you also, tonight. Also, he's been playing the best over the past five games. I mean, he has been phenomenal, really, in his last four, five, six games. Yeah, he's been scoring at a high level. Uh, there's like, uh, he just won't turn the ball over, basically. Yep. It's incredible. Yep. So you, you just hope that he's back and, and you do see that fully healthy guy. Now, as far as what Texas Tech comes into the game, as I said, they've been playing a lot better basketball here of late. Um, overall, their numbers, like, they don't yeah. necessarily jump off yeah, the they're page. Yeah, they're not very good, yeah. Uh, they are a, a pretty good offensive rebounding team. But, you know, they are a team that they have five guys that average double digits. Yeah. Which you can look at that and say, okay, so they kind of spread it around also. But the when I look at that, I say, okay, that means they have five different guys that could potentially go off or have a really, really strong game, which could be yes. Nice yeah, so that's that's the one thing you're scared about. That, that kind of did happen when you played them in Lubbock. Like you had O'Banner go for, you know, mid-20s. Yeah. Isaacs hit a bunch of threes. Tyson hit a couple deep threes I think that's late. still his career high, 26, was in that game. And that's kind of the potential they have. Uh, the one thing that's going for you, though, this is not the same Texas Tech defense that we remember the past handful of years with Chris Beard and Mark Adams last year where it was constantly a top five, top ten defense in the country. Or, like, last year they were the number one defense in the country. I, I know Tech lost more more players last year. Like, they lost uh, Adonis Arms and 
Santos Silva, the the big man down. Like they lost a couple of key players, so it's not just Kevin McCuller. But honestly, the biggest case, one of the biggest cases that you could make for Kevin McCuller to win National Defensive Player of the Year is this right here. Kevin McCuller was on Texas Tech last year. They were the number one defensive team in the country. Now they're sixty first. Again, it's not all Kevin McCuller, but yeah. like it's a lot Kevin McCuller. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so I, I guess point being like. Similar to the first one, I don't expect both teams to go off to that level, but don't necessarily just expect this to be a super low-scoring game like you would imagine a few years ago with Tech. Yeah, and this game, I think, is has some similarities to the West Virginia game in the sense that this is a team in Texas Tech that a month ago, they were dead. They were done. Their season was over. They were not going to make the tournament. They had no chance. Well, they've played themselves now into an outside shot at still making the tournament. And I guarantee you, a road win against Kansas—that puts you—that puts you in the NCAA tournament for sure. That's what Bill Self said right? last night on Hawk Talk. So th- this is a desperate team. This is a team that is playing literally for their lives to continue their season into the into the NCAA tournament. And a desperate team can equal a dangerous team. So Kansas definitely has to be aware. And obviously, you know, it's Senior Night. Texas Tech, I'm sure, is aware of also that Kansas is playing for a share of the Big Twelve title. So there's much more on the line as well for that. But you know this. This is a team that I don't think you want to overlook. And obviously, from the Kansas side of things, you're thinking it's a big game. Obviously for KU Senior Night, and and they are playing for that year of the Big 12 title. And listen, Kansas hasn't lost on Senior Night since 1983. <laughs> 1983. My parents weren't even together at that point. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's a, that's a long time. That is a long time. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's even extra motivation for Tech, too. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe this doesn't matter that much. But uh, last year, Kansas beat Texas Tech in the Big 12 championship game in the tournament. Took a, a ring or a championship, whatever you want to say, away from them. You don't think they're they're sitting there for some of the players who are returning and going, Well, and listen, I know. Let's take away a ring, a that, ring from them. Well, I, and listen, I know that some of their fans were butthurt about McCuller coming to KU. So they're probably still mad about that, too. Oh, for sure. Well, I so think there's, I, there's definitely... Some some deeper animosity, I think, here. That brings up a very interesting part of this game for me in the idea of what are the what are the emotions? Where where is that gonna kind of check into this game? Because we did see when when Kevin went down to Lubbock in the game, I don't know It was it was rough. It was, and I don't know how much of that was maybe being overly emotionally invested. To where he had a, a bad game because of it. Remember, he got in foul trouble early. He was in foul trouble often. He struggled offensively shooting the ball. Um, but also, Bill Self said after the game he thought he played well defensively and did got some you know good things with rebounds. So I I don't know if it was just happened to be like a bad game that was in a game that that happened. Like is is it correlation or is it causation? Basically, is what I'm asking there. I don't totally know. But you have that yeah. element of this. Like, is it going to be extra emotional for him? And then I think you also have the element of. What's the emotion level for Jalen Wilson going to be? Both those guys going to be giving senior day speeches. Yeah. With Ochai, we saw it last year. Ochai wanted to have an amazing performance, and KU had to beat Texas in the regular season finale last year to clinch a share of the Big 12 title. He wanted it so bad, and you saw it affect him in a negative way. I, th- I think he went like 0 for 9 or something. Is that the game he didn't score, or did he have like two points? It was a rough one. The the Texas game in senior night. Um, I'll pull that up in a second. But uh, basically the point is that sometimes you can want it so bad that you let it affect your play 
and you lose maybe some of the finesse elements uh, of a game and, and you're forcing it and sure, you're, yeah. every shot you miss becomes more of a um, indictment on your, like you start overthinking it in your own head, yeah. like, thinking, oh no, start, I got to get going, right? You start thinking too much. Exactly. Yeah. And so like that happened for Ochai last year. So here's the game. Ochai played Texas in the finale. 39 minutes played. He went one for 11 from the floor. He had... He did hit some free throws, so he ended up with eight points, but one for 11 from the floor. So that's a question, too, for me tonight, because Jalen is an emotional guy, but we also sometimes, certain guys are able to channel emotion in a positive element. Oh, yeah. So that could go one of two ways. I think this, it does go one of two ways. I think Jalen either puts up like high 20s tonight, mid 20s, or he puts up like 12. I think it's one of those two. I don't think it's going to be like an 18 game. Could I say that, and that'll end up happening. The slump. Slump breaker, maybe that he needs, maybe. So I, I think Senior that's going to have as big of an interpretation to, on this game as anything. The Senior idea of, night to clinch the Big Twelve at home. You're giving your senior night speech, even though you could technically come back. Maybe, yeah. Well, they I, could both come back, by the way. Yes, they could, but just like Jason Bean, I'm not expecting it to happen. You don't think so? Yes. If it, if it happens. Be pleasantly surprised. Don't expect it to happen. And please, nobody in the mailbag, like, ask me, will they come back in, like, three weeks or whenever the season's over? Um, I will say, though, one thing I always say every year, and I'm going to say it again now. We're to okay. that point. Okay. Tonight is senior night. Okay. Final home game. Final game in Allen Field House of the season. Sure. This is the day, each and every year, where things get real. Now, I don't mean that from a standpoint of, like, when things start mattering or... Like, usually when Kansas hits their stride, it's in maybe late January, early February, mid-February, something in that range. What I mean is this is when it starts to feel real emotionally for fans when you get invested or tied to a team. You might love certain teams. You might love certain teams all year long. You might be in and out on certain teams all year long. Regardless of where you are, senior night is the night that you get really invested into specific teams because for a lot of cases— the good teams, when you get to senior night, you start to realize it's almost over, and then you hear the senior day speeches, and in some case, you know, it might make you tear up. In some cases, it might get you pumped up. In some cases, it might get you more endeared to a specific player or a specific team. Tonight is the night where things become real, and it becomes to a point where your emotions game to game are going to be more of a celebration every time they win, and more of heartbreak when they lose. And... It's it's kind of a fun point of the year for me because I I think it, it just adds to how special this town, this place, this school work around a run in March and with the basketball team. And tonight is the night that that kind of run begins once again. Wow, that was very well said. Thank you. Very well said. I did anyway. not expect you to 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 go that to go down that path. Yeah. Um, well, that was great. That was great. Yeah. So I mean, as far as the game, like we said, I mean, we can we can pick nits and and talk about some of the player matchups and stuff. Like hold Banner up, or up, Wilson should be great. What did you say? Pick nits. No, that's not no. Nitpicking. Yes. Pick nits? There you go. Huh. No, it's all the same. No, it's not. What? Uh, no. Yeah. No. What you just said is not even. It's like remotely saying, the you know, same it's, thing. It's, it's like saying I went down the slide versus I slid down. It's the what? same thing. One's just reverse. What? No. Yeah. No. There's yes. literally no correlation to what you just said. No. 
that's just wrong. I disagree. I've heard I've heard people say pick nits all the time. I've never heard that, um, and I don't ever want to hear it again. <laughs> so, so it, I, I think some of the player matchups are interesting, but I don't know. I I kind of wonder if this is going to be more of a game where KU just switches everything. Yeah, probably. I think it will be. Yeah. Well, and again, we. I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record, I guess, but in some of these games where, like the West Virginia game, and some of the other games where there's was a bigger gap in between the two teams playing each other. I feel like I keep falling back into myself saying, well, Ernest didn't play in the first game. So Ernest is going to... he did not in the gonna, first game for what it's worth. <laughs> and so Ernest is going to have a... a you know, he's going to be a factor. He's going to be a factor tonight. And then it just... I don't know. <laughs> so I don't want to fall into that trap again. But hey, Ernest, he didn't play in the first game. Wow. So cool. I actually... I, I do think Ernest will be a factor tonight. Um, this is maybe a tougher matchup for KJ because Tech does the I mean, no-mills O'Banner, defense. O'Banner's not that much bigger than him. But no, but he's going to be on Fardaz. Oh, he's going to be on, uh, yeah. Who uh, is averaging 12 and 7. I don't know if Bacho is available tonight. I'm kind of assuming not, but Amick is a good player. Uh, and so I wonder if the size and the fact that. Which Tech, he, did, he didn't play in the first game. He either, did not. Right? 6'11, yeah. 245. Yeah. But it's more about Tech defensively. They, they try to take away the middle of the defense and take away easy buckets at the rim. I think it's going to be tougher for KJ to get those openings in the middle. I wonder if Ernest is going to be a super useful player out of the kind of high pick and roll and throwing him lobs um, or just matching the physicality. The guys that that I think have, have maybe the best avenue tonight, it's the guys who can shoot it from the outside. Like Grady, you know, if, if you're playing a defense that's taking away the middle of the defense, like KJ still has an important factor in terms of can he dish it out from the middle. He had five assists last game. Grady, can he hit some threes? Dewan, can he be aggressive? Jalen Wilson, can he hit them some jump shots? Well, and obviously um, Dewan's injury may hinder his ability to be aggressive mm-hmm. in the same way that he has been in the past week, couple weeks. Yeah. Which could be problematic. KU wins of what? KU wins because it's senior night. That's why they win. <laughs> they just win because it's senior night. Real logical, logical conclusion there. Um, I, I will say KU wins if it isn't bothered by the emotions, right? Uh, basically, okay. what I was saying, uh, Jalen, you know, don't have a game where you go two for ten. Kevin, don't have a game where you go two for ten, where you have a chance to on senior night against your former school win a Big Twelve title, right? Have those things not overly affect you for the young players like Grady Dick or, or guys, you know, yeah. even to, to KJ, who I know he was on the court for the final play for the national title, but he hasn't been a, a player who's played this many minutes on a team that, you know, wins a Big 12. Like, don't be bothered by the moment and the emotions. I don't expect them to. I think they'll be in the right mind and everything, but that's the avenue for me where if KU, you know, looks like they're in a bit of a funk and Texas Tech comes out with that high level of intensity – that's where things become a bit of an issue and they get yep. a bunch of offensive rebounds and win all the hustle plays and play good defense. KU turns it over too much. Like Those are the little things that I think add up. Because yeah, I if guess, KU plays their game, they should win. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess uh, further to that point, like the the emotions of senior night and all that stuff, like that will show itself early. So like if KU gets down kind of big early, I think that's when you start to feel a little nervous because then the emotions of senior night – trying to win the Big 12 title, like that stuff can snowball, right? So I think it'll be, I guess if I could change my answer, I would say it's it might be key or more important tonight for Kansas to to get off to a, a good start and not get down in a hole early because then if you get down, some of that stuff that you talked about seeps into your mind, starts making you question, and then it affects you even more and more and more and more. 
And yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you're playing a team that's 16 and 13 to win the Big 12 title. Yeah. Just go, just go win. You're, you're better. You're literally better. Just go win. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We've got go some uh, Bill Self pregame audio ahead of the Texas Tech game. That on the other side. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Quarter till four. Matt Tate is going to join us at 4.05. Kevin Flaherty at 4.40. Spring football started for the KU football team. We'll talk plenty more about it coming up. Uh, we're going to have like football Friday, uh, 4 o'clock hours on RCST. But we have plenty of audio to share between now and then, including right now. First part of Lance Leipold speaking with the media. Here's what the head coach had to say. I guess overall, what's it feel like to be back on the field? And I guess, what do you even focus on on a day like today? <laughs> There's a lot going on out there, that's for sure. Uh, it's great to be back out there. Um, excited you could, you know, things that we've uh, talked about before, retention, uh, you know, you know, playing in December and, and the benefits of that and, and to kind of see the confidence and the leadership of our, our guys kind of take take hold right away from the start. You know, fair amount of newcomers kind of jumping in and getting a feel for how we go about it. So it, it was great. It was exciting. And like I said, there's now here in about 45 minutes, we'll, we'll jump in on the film and really start you know, looking at uh, at the pace we're going, it's hard to really get a, a lot of a lot of things. I don't want to say corrected or evaluated, but there's so much there that we're looking at that now it's that now you go back in the classroom and you get it corrected tomorrow in the meetings. And you do six practices, I think, before spring break. Yeah. Like, what are you looking to get accomplished during this first portion? Well, again, yeah, you have to go with the spiders and the helmets only get a lot of things introduced, establish, again, our expectations. Uh, again, there's a lot on, in, in all three areas of the game. We have to, you know, we, we're going to concentrate on, obviously, installation, some off-season, uh, you know, studies and analysis of what, what we did well and but where we have to improve. Um, I don't Evaluating some of those newcomers, like I said before, working our physicality on both sides. Um, some emphasis on the outside perimeter game of on both sides of playing it and being physical, and also uh, you know still uh, you know probably adding in and looking how the, you know what we're doing offensively to be creative and kind of vary and break tendencies and and those things and all that. So there's a lot to it, offensive line wise. You know, uh, you know, continue to create competition at spots, um, move, moving a few guys around some different spots, all those type of things. So, I don't think we saw Patrick Joyner out there today. Yeah, um, what's his status? Yeah, he'll like? be. He, he should be hopefully out there. Um, we're hoping he'll start some stuff. Um, uh, maybe Saturday. I think at the latest is what we talked about. Yeah, yeah, just small. It was, you know, just small setback. But uh, he's anxious and where he should be. And, you know, a lot of this is, you know, a little bit preventative, too, for the long haul. When you mentioned the newcomers, are there any that excite you to see them get going? Oh, all of them. I'm excited to, to, to have them part of this program. Uh, you know, I know where the... Uh, you know, the traditional questions probably will, will lie with some of you. I mean, you mentioned him, you know, uh, J.B. Brown, another one excited, Austin Booker, Gage Keys, uh, Devin. Uh, you know, watching those guys on defense, I'm excited to see them all. There's a lot a lot happening there. Uh, you know, so there's there's a lot 
that it's still early to to make a to make a judge on anyone. I just want to see where the competition's gonna gonna put itself. I, I put Kobe Baines almost in this group a little bit too because he joined us so late, and now he's got a little more familiarity. But uh, kind of excited to see where he goes. Um, you know, Big Spencer. Uh, you know, another guy. You know, like I said to you guys before. Um, you know, really l looking back after our first season, you know. The, the amount of upperclassmen we lost in that backup offensive line, I think, really kind of, um, you know, caused a little bit of gap of, of maturity and development there that we're trying to catch up on. And and as some of those guys get older, uh, you know, Nolan, Kassart, uh, uh, Nolan and DK and some other guys, we you know now we're trying to balance that that group in there. So I, I think that's really helping us. You know, Mike Davitsky won't do much this spring. Um, as as he as he heals up, um, so it's going to give us some opportunities to work multiple guys at center and and continue to create more depth and versatility. You mentioned Patrick and Mike. Is there anyone else you think is going to be limited or just not available throughout spring well, ball? Yeah, you know Kenny. Kenny won't won't do. You know we we'll hope we'll get Kenny some work, uh, some indie drills and stuff maybe in the back half of spring, but he's not going to do much. Um, Marvin Grant will be limited most of the spring as well. Um, you know, Tanaka Scott didn't go today. We're trying to get him back. Um, I think those are the main ones right now. You know, Jalen will still be kind of a, you know, uh, you know, monitored. You know, how much throwing he'll do, things like that. When, when a guy like Kenny's out for however long it is, what are you looking for him to accomplish? What do you want him to focus on if he's well, not on again, the field? Well, again, Kenny's got, uh, you know, Kenny knows individual things that, that he wants to address and work on. And and as he as we come out of spring break, I think he'll be able to concentrate more on those. Uh, again, uh, there's other ways to, to develop and 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 grow as you as you rehab and do other things. It's it's. Uh, you know other parts of the game and understanding we're not always always have to do it um you know continue to work on leadership and things understanding not just what he does with the defense but maybe this gives him a chance to watch and understand what happens in front of him and why a little bit more than understands the fits and things like that um a lot of a lot of things that he can he, he can do and and will do during this time um, some things in special teams that we wanted you know, him to be part of probably in fall camp that allow him to continue to grow for his future. And uh, so there's, there's things we've talked about. I think Jackson Satterwhite was working with Coach Fuchs, looked like in maybe the coaching role. Is he done playing football for you guys? Yeah, Jackson's taken a medical hardship. He's, you know, really fought through a lot of back issues and, um, you know, and as much as he want to, but boy, he's he's jumped in and and um, you know his father's did some junior college coaching and things like that, and you can see it's in his blood, and he's jumped right in, and um, I think he's got a real bright future at it if he really wants to do this, and I think he does, and and he he uh, as much as it, and it, it was a you know these were conversations that he fought through a long time, and most guys would have would have probably checked out a lot sooner than what he did and, and but it it was determined for the best for the longevity of his well-being for life and life after football that the, the this decision was made but uh 
as we kind of went through it, we we proposed it that we wanted to have him around and man, he's around the building as much as anybody right now and, and that's really cool to see. I know it's just one practice, but athletically in the front seven, does it look a little different, you know, when it's just live and, and they're out there? Yeah, that's hard and I you know, I sure hope it does. I mean, yeah, but you know, we lost a lot of older players up in the front four, you know, and there's there's gonna be a, a learning curve there. But uh like you said early, just some some initial things of, of watching some of the newcomers. But again, I, I know it's it's I think it's human nature that we we dwell on a lot of the new additions. But I, I think one thing we all learned last year is that, you know, what the competition did in the spring that made guys that were in the program better. And I, I go to the linebacker position last year, a Taiwan Berry Hill and, and, and guys like that. So um, I'm excited about the continued development of Tommy Dunn Jr. and DJ Withers and where Ron McGee and Keenan Caldwell, where where do they, where are they in in this rotation of, of things? Uh, you know, Caleb Taylor's a guy that's very steady. Um, you know where you know as he continues to to grow and mature just personally in this defense, where where's that going to be? Um, we know uh, Hayden Hatcher's going to play hard for us and do some things that way. Jeremy Robinson is it continues to get better and more confident and establish himself as a respected leader in this program. So those are the things as well that 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 you want to see it come and when the pads come on and and we start doing those things. I think we have a you know every guy still we all and coaches included have plenty to work on. But you know the, the Rich Millers and the Craig Youngs now. Now Craig's in his second spring with us, so all those things should help us. Um, you know, I know we mentioned you know O.J. Burroughs is a guy who's uh, an excellent athlete, but I think with with Kenny's personality and his experience, you know O.J. didn't always have to be the leader of communication, and this is going to help O.J. in so many ways of being out there with, with other guys that he'll have to do it. I, Mason Ellis and Caleb Purdy, Jalen Dye, those guys, we're, we, we need to see who in that group is gonna kind of surface to be in the rotation of guys that are gonna step up. So I, I'm excited about that at this time because that's what's gonna help us take another step as a program. Coach, uh, given a couple months of, of perspective now, What's your sense of how the guys are reacting to uh, uh, the bowl game, you know, achieving so many great goals and doing so much, ultimately coming up just so so close and a thrilling finish? Do they want to? You think they're going to be able to use that for inspiration, or do they want to just put it behind them? Or what's their attitude? Well, I, I think they. You know, we don't spend a lot of time talking about it in that regard, I guess. But I, I think there's a there's a confidence factor of of getting there but i think there's that sense of determination now to, to again take another step in our program um inconsistency um a day at a time week at a time to earn another opportunity there and then and then see where that takes us and that is so many months away i don't want to get ahead of us as we have to you know stay focused there but i i do feel there's a different sense of uh 
pride and confidence that now we can line up with people and do things on a weekly basis. And we've been able to show that for a long time, but there's still an understanding of um, we, we have to be better in, you know, in, in some areas to be able to be there each and every week. And, and I, I think we're, we're, on, we're on the right path to work to do that. Lance, what was it like yesterday seeing the players' reaction when they showed him the video of all the facilities and upgrades it, coming? It was great. It was, uh, ten, you know, I really want to, uh, again, thank Travis and, and, and Chancellor Gerard again for, for the, the pace in which we are operating to, to change this program um, and, and the resources and, and understanding that they have in, in this when, when we talk about it. I was able to... Uh, I can get my day straight here about 10 days ago, 12 days ago, took uh, uh, Jalen and Rich Miller went down with me to to view the sample locker of what and, and Rich was familiar with because we, we worked with this company in Buffalo um, and this and it had the model of, of what we what we did in Buffalo compared to the one we have now. And it's like, uh, you know. Um, it, it's a night and day difference of, of what, what, it, what it is and what it can do and what, what the guys have now. Um, I don't even know fully if they'll understand it until it's all put together and what the plan is. And, and as this plan continues to be um, finalized and then revealed, it's, it, it's going to be a difference maker for us in so many different ways. But it was neat to see and a great way to kick off the start of spring. Um, you know, we had talked about doing it at one time before, right before spring break, and kind of. But um, I really, I really is glad that they made the decision to do it yesterday, for a lot of reasons. As uh, we we enter a quiet period where where we'll start having more uh, prospects on campus starting tomorrow, um, that we're able to talk more about it. It's it's happening. It's going to happen, and. Uh, it's it's not just talk anymore and and that's exciting and kind of what you're saying as well it was very important to me that we were able to try to do things for this current group as fast as possible for for their efforts and where where they're helping take this program that was lance Leipold's. next we're going to talk with matt tate of lawrence in the world kusports.com this is rcst <laughs> Four o'clock hour. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson, and normally joined by Matt Tate at three forty. Just a little bit pushed back today, but joined now by Matt Tate, Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. You can track all his coverage tonight for the uh, game between Kansas and Texas Tech. Any post game speeches, all the work covering uh, tonight's action for Senior Night. So uh, I guess first things first, Matt. Uh, KU taking on Texas Tech for the second time this season. Tech's kind of figured things out. KU's on a roll. Certainly a lot to play for tonight, really, for both teams. What sticks out to you about tonight's matchup the most uh, between the Jayhawks and the Red Raiders? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I, I think, man, I'll tell you what. If you've watched Tech play in the last two or three weeks when they've you know sort of figured it out and got healthy again was a big part of it, too, Um those guys compete so hard, and I think Self maybe talked about that the first time they played them, and, and um, he might have been talking about Iowa State, so I may be crossing my my uh, borders there, and I, I, I think that kind of speaks to the talent and the, 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 the season, but I, I think that just my own eyes, if you watch, if you watch like Davion Harmon and Pop Isaacs and those guys just 
just compete. They they don't they don't know when they're supposed to be, you know, quote unquote out of a game. They don't know, you know, that down ten with two and a half to go means it's over. Um because to them it isn't. And I think that that's probably pretty true in the Big Twelve with a lot of teams this year, but uh I think it's it's particularly admirable, interesting, noteworthy, whatever you want to say, with Texas Tech because of how they started the season. I mean they they could have they could have folded up shops so easy after what they lose eight in a row, right? To start Big Twelve play. I mean, it would have been so easy for all these guys to just say, "Man, the hell with this. This sucks. We suck. I suck. I hate life." You know, and just and just take that attitude into the rest of the season. But they haven't. They've they've tried to grind it out, and they've won a few games here lately. I, I mean, I think that was the thing that stood out to me most watching them play K State a couple of weeks ago. That was exactly it. I mean, they just kept fighting and just kept fighting and just kept fighting. And K-State had a chance to win a bunch of different times in that game and knock them out, and they never could. And, and so, um, you know, you have, to, you have to admire that, but you also have to, if you're, if you're preparing to face it, you have to remind your guys, and this shouldn't be a foreign concept by now, but you do have to remind your guys that you got to play all 40 against these guys because they do, as you said, they have a lot to play for. Um, and, and, and they're tough and they're, and they, and they like to scrap and grind. So I, I think it should be a great game. I think it, 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 you know, hopefully it's better played than the other night. Hopefully there are fewer whistles than the other night because the KU West Virginia game wasn't a thing of beauty by any means, but I think it'll, it'll feel a lot like that. There'll be some grime to it and, and just, you know, no matter who it gets in front, if KU gets in front, it'll be one of those, you know, they hit them with the 7-0 run and they feel like, okay, I can breathe a little. We got some separation. And then, nope, the next thing you know, it's a one-point game or, or whatever. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's perfect. If this, if this is the night that KU clinches a share of the Big 12 title by winning this game, that's, that's a perfect way and team to do it against because that's how this whole Big 12 season has been. You have not been able to take one second off. You've not been able to breathe. You've not been able to feel good about anything. You've had to finish, 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 and KU's done that really well lately. And, uh, and, and that's really even early on they finished, right, against Tech and against West Virginia and against Oklahoma State and Oklahoma back in the field house. You know, they, they were able to do that early, and right now that's the difference, their ability to finish some of these games. So uh, I think it'll be a great night. I think it'll be a wild, wild battle. And uh, it, it's crazy because, you, you you know, as a Big 12 fan, you kind of root for Texas Tech to get in. And, and I don't know if they can get in without this one. And so they really need that. Um, but obviously Kansas is, is on the brink of what would it be, self-17th Big 12 title in 20 years. That's Remarkable stuff, and I saw Jalen Wilson put it the best the other day. Like if you if you'd have told us we'll have a chance at home to uh, to to clinch a share or to win the Big Twelve, I'd, I'd take the house on that all day. I I, I, I just wouldn't bet against us. So uh, you know they'll be fired up too. Bill Self said last night on Hawk Talk that DeWan Harris practice. He expects him to play. I guess depending on the severity of the injury or depending on the significance of it, would you consider arresting him or putting him on a minute limit tonight or? I don't know. I mean, is that really a concern, you think, for, uh, based on his injury that he suffered at the end of the West Virginia game? I don't know enough about the injury specifically to know how to answer that because, you know, if it's if it's something where you don't want to put too much wear and tear on it moving forward, then I would say absolutely. Um, but if it's something that's, you know, you're not going to worry about that and it's just a matter of, 
you know, it was a little sore and you have to grind through the pain a little bit and all that, then, then I don't think you worry about it. If anything, I think maybe you play him um, his regular workload just because maybe at this point getting him back out there and, and letting him run and stretch and move and all those things will, will actually help heal the injury rather than uh, make it worse or, or be a bigger concern. So, um, uh, you know, if I knew more about it, exactly what it is, then, then it'd be easier to answer that. But at the same time, in a more broader sense, I mean, you've got, you know, McCuller and you've got Dewan and you've got KJ who even left recently with uh, some kind of ankle. Well, I guess that was a cramp, so that's not as concerning. But these guys, you know, these are your horses. These are three or five starters and, and um you know, you need them. And so I would be looking, if I were self, I would be looking for any opportunities to rest them. And if that means you really put an emphasis on the first half tonight and say, look, these guys are tough. They're going to they're gonna make us fight. We're going to have to play all 40. But if you five can get out there and get us a 15 to 20-point lead and just really lock in, play the way you played against West Virginia on the last possession for the first 20 minutes of this game, I'll give you a chance to rest. We'll be able to get Bobby and Joe and Ernest and Zuby out there, and, and you guys can kind of cruise in the second half. I don't know that you'd ever go into it telling a team that, but um, if ever there were a time, it might be now because you really want to emphasize to those guys that, you know, it, it, it's a reason, it's another reason to lock in the way they locked in at the end of West Virginia. So, um, but, but, you know, you, you guys know, I mean, self is a, uh, he, he's never been one to to you know do anything other than try to win every game he's ever played in, of every sport, of every game, of every board game, of every game of darts, whatever. Right? Like it's just it's not in his vocabulary to pull up or let up or pull back or try to maybe kind of rest, not win, not go for the throat. I mean, he is driven by one thing and one thing only and that's winning every freaking chance he gets so i think that all these things could make sense you could say let's rest some guys you could say hey it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they lost early in the big 12 tournament but they're not going to they're not going to be able to think like that even if they believe it's true so uh right now it's it's you know what is it five weeks left right you 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 got you got i guess it's really four weeks because i mean what's the first Monday in April is like the third or something. So we're really, we're really there. And and so it's probably just find a way to manage these guys and the, and the, the amount of time they're going to have to play and find a way to entice, encourage, inspire all those things, them into, you know, really just being at their peak and their best and their, and their just grinded out mentality for four weeks. And, and I don't think that'll be hard with these guys at all. They're hungry. They're excited. Um, this is this is what you play for right now, and I think it's particularly true with this team because they now you know they've been the defending champs all year, but now is when it really matters. And I'm glad you kind of touched on the bench a little bit there because the bench had been on a pretty good run of of performing pretty well, but the West Virginia game was collectively their worst performance since oh man, probably back in December at least or January. I mean, a really tough game for the bench. I guess does that concern you at all, or do you think, or do you think they might have a chance to bounce back, or are you concerned at all about the performance against West Virginia? Well, I think yeah, I think you always have to be concerned because um, none of those guys, you know, whether you're talking about Ernest or Bobby or or Joe or 
Zubir Zach, you know, um, or MJ, obviously. I mean, none of them. None of them have been consistent all year. And, you know, part of that's opportunity, but part of that's been the way they've played, too. And so um, I, don't think, I don't think you'll have a time this season, uh, nor have we had one yet, where you won't look at the bench and think it's a concern. Um, now, they've shown flashes of, of being able to really contribute and help them win and, and have really good moments and, and some stretches of, of consistency. But, um, you know, it's, it's not something that's carried over really game to game, but certainly not week to week or anything like that. So um, I think, you know, the, the, we're, past, we're past the point of uh, worrying too much about, like, how do you get it going or what do you do about it? I mean, it kind of is what it is now. And I think the best thing they can do is just continue to stay positive, continue to encourage those guys, continue to make sure those guys understand how, how to stay ready and how important they are. And then hope like hell when they go into a game, if you really need them, that they're able to deliver. Um, but, but again, that, that to me comes back to, yeah, you would love to see Ernest or Zuby or Joe or whoever deliver if called upon. Um, but one of the easiest ways to make sure that they're not as important or put in the position where it's all on them is by your starting five elevating their game even more and locking in even more to take some of that pressure off of the bench that's you know proven to be inconsistent, proven to be a little unreliable, and proven to be certainly an unknown. I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get most nights. So um, I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can hope for it anymore. I think you 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 know you kind of view it as okay, this is what we've got. Let's see what happens. And if we need you, we need you. And Man, hopefully you're ready. And I know that's kind of a dangerous spot to be in, but I don't, I don't know what else they can do. Really, they're out of time. Well, one of my biggest questions into this game tonight is is how KU handles the emotions with with Jalen. Um, you know, we saw it last year with Ochai going one for eleven on Senior Day. He just, he wanted it so bad, and it it kind of had a negative impact. But for other guys, you know, sometimes when you have that extra emotion, it leads to an increased level of play in certain regards. So how Jalen Wilson handles that, how Kevin McCuller handles it, and handles it against his former team on senior day trying to win a Big 12 championship, which you know hasn't been as common for him as it has a guy like Jalen or, or something. Do, do you think the emotions uh, are, are going to be more of a positive or a negative for Kansas tonight? For some reason, I think positive, and I think it's totally fair if you think it's negative and, and you worry that it might be because, you know, again, that's the, that's been this season, right? And 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 it's a lot. It is a lot. It, it's especially for Kevin. I mean, we saw we saw how he played at Texas Tech. Um, now, give the guy credit, right? He made some big plays at the end, a couple of really big plays at the end of that game to help KU close it out. But up to that point, um, playing his old team, his old teammates, his old coach, all that stuff was was a lot, it, it, especially in his old building, you know. So I don't know that it'll be quite as emotional and dramatic as that. Um, but still, it's it's got to be weird to look across and see that jersey, that team, that, that, that you gave, you know, three, four years of your heart and soul to. So um, I think there's some, there's some real worry there. I think for, for Jalen, um, you know, I, I think the emotion for Jalen comes into – um, the speech, right? And he even said, right, if, if if his mom starts to cry, he'll probably start to cry. And and I think we'll see that. I think we'll see it from both of them. I mean, this is this has been their heart and soul for the last four years. And, um, boy, it's been a really good to him, and he's been really good to Kansas. And, and they've been a really um, 
heavy participating family into this whole thing. And, and you know, so it's, it's going to be emotional for them. But I think that's after the game. I think that's during the speech. I think that's all of that. I think, and Self talked about this a lot in the last couple of weeks, but Jalen's, you know, just, just his will to win, his, his uh, drive, everything that he brings to game night and to each possession is, um, so far above all of that stuff, I don't. I don't think anything will be on his mind tonight, other than just let's go win this freaking Big Twelve title. That's it. And and I think that he's the leader of this team, and and because of that, guys will follow and and be locked in the same way. So I, I you know, double digit wins have been really tough to come by this year, um, and we haven't seen very many of them, but. I do feel like just the emotional surge that will be in the building tonight, whether that's from the players that can taste it and can feel how close they are to winning the Big 12 in, in you know, a year where this is being talked about as maybe the greatest year of a conference ever, right? I mean, if you're the team that can stand on top of that and say we're the, we're the ones that won that, I mean, that's, that's big-time stuff. That's legacy-type stuff. And, and so that'll drive you and motivate you and get you really excited to go grab it if it's right in front of you. And so I think we'll see that. I think the building will be, will be fired up. I think the crowd will be really good. I, think, I, just, I, just, I just have a feeling that it's going to be sort of a groundswell like that tonight and, and that we might see one of those games where it's – you know, KU clicks and they're having fun and everybody's showing out and, and dancing and laughing and smiling and just really playing well because number one of all those stakes that we just talked about and all those components that go into that, but number two, they're coming off a game where their coach absolutely called them out for not playing very well in a number of areas. So usually there's some bounce back that comes with that. So I, I think that it just, to me, it has – to me, it has, you know, 12, 13-point Kansas win written all over it. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to shoot the ball well. They're going to have to play well. Uh, they can't take that for granted and just hope it happens. You know, they, they, have, to, they have to go out and do it. But um, it just feels, it feels like that to me. I, I don't know what, you know, 81, 68 or something like that. Um, I, I don't know why that's there. I just, that, that's how I feel. What, what about you? I mean, do you, guys, do you guys feel the same way? Are you, are you sensing that's coming the way I am? I, I, I've seen so many senior days lately that have seen Kansas be like tied or down at halftime that I feel like that's flooding into my brain. Like I think back to the, uh, gosh, was it Oklahoma the year for Frank Mason where they were down like 10 at the 10 minute mark or, um, you know, last, I mean, last year, year it took overtime. yeah it took overtime to beat Texas. Uh, I think there was a game in, gosh, this might've been maybe 2016 when they had to come back against, I think it was Iowa state that, I, I feel like the play for me is that it's a close game at halftime and then Kansas pulls away in the final, I don't know, five or six minutes. Okay. Yeah, that seems fair. I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I went through all that all that jazz about how you got to play 40 minutes and you got to finish and all that, and yet I follow it up with telling you that I feel like Kansas is going to win by double digits. <laughs> so I think, it's, I think both can be true. I think all of that is, is accurate and has to be there for them to do it, but – I think if they're if they're locked in on that level, I I think this is a night where, um, you know, maybe it all clicks one more time, and it's it's wild to think about, right? I mean, this is, you know, we know this is going to be it for Jalen and and Kevin McCuller. Uh They they said as much yesterday. Um, it's very possible that this will be the last time Grady Dick plays in Allen Fieldhouse, and you know that's that's crazy to think about. I mean, I feel like the kid just started, right? And and. You know, in fairness, he could play two more years worth of games in Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, we don't know, no, no yet, but 
it's it's got to be at least in your brain and in his mind even that that well this could be this could be the last one and you know there's just there's just something about that emotion that i think over the years and you're right of late it's been a little bit of a struggle but that's because the conference has been better um but but yeah i mean over the years those types of emotions on this kind of night have led to some really really good performances by KU and i think this team you know, I don't think anybody on this team, self or the players or anyone, would tell you that they are feeling slighted by the national attention that they are or aren't getting. I mean, I don't, I don't think they would say that for a second. But I, I would be shocked if it's not in their heads somewhere. Like this whole, we've got 15 freaking quad one wins. We're the only team that hasn't lost to an unranked team in the country. We're the only team that all of our losses have come in quad one. Um, we're the only team that, that, you know, could go out here and set the record for quad one victories. And yet we're like maybe going to get shipped out as a one seed out West or something. Like, I don't think they're over analyzing that or too down on that or worrying about it too much at all. But they're human, and, and everybody knows that March is what you play for, and, and, you know, they're aware of it. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's in their mind, just bouncing around a little bit in there to making them really, really, really want to come out and say, okay, I mean, I guess the, the numbers, I guess everything we've done to this point isn't quite enough, so let's go ahead and flip the switch, and let's go ahead and put on a freaking show tonight uh, Saturday, you know, next week in Kansas City, whatever it takes for them to show, hey, you know, we're 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 still the champs, and and we're going to take our best shot at defending this thing. I mean, there's too much there's too much pride on on this roster. There's too much pride with with self. There's too much pride with with Jalen and and even Dewan in his own way, and, and and even Grady in his own way. I mean, you know, it, there's a lot of that there. So I, I think that you know, there's still a chance that that. As Self asked for the other day, he said he hopes their best basketball is still ahead of him, and I think there's definitely a chance that's the case. And if it is, uh, it's going to be a fun few weeks, and and they they will get the uh, they will get the, uh, the the attention and the and the placement and all that that they deserve. Because um, I'm an AP voter this year. I'm sure I've mentioned that a time or two throughout this this season. Um, and you know, I put them number one this week. I, I, I just they're the best team in the best conference. And their their resume stacks up with anybody's. I just, you know, I've tried not to be that guy just because I cover them. Oh, let's rank them high, or or the opposite. Oh, well, I don't want anybody to think I'm a homer, so I'm going to rank them low. You know, I've tried to just rank them where I thought they belonged all year, and that was the case this week. I think they're the best team in the country, and I, I think they should be ranked number one. And I think they should be the one seed in the Midwest. And now they got to go out and grab it all, but it's right there for them, and that's pretty freaking remarkable. What a year! Yep, what a year it has been, and still more to go. Uh, Matt Tate, Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. Matt, appreciate the time as always, man, and uh, talk to you next week. All right, appreciate it. Thanks for uh, delaying for me a little bit. I'll give you the quick reason. You know, much like KU fans that, that could have seen their team play on Big Monday last night and and clinched then, they had to wait a little longer to get to Tuesday to, to go ahead and do it. So I figured it was only appropriate that I, you know, make you and everybody else just wait a little longer today. Does that does that, does that sync up? Are you good with that? Do you yeah, it? it works for me. Yeah, either that or, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you had like a – uh, an interview with Wilt Chamberlain. He came to you in in a dream or something, and you know you had to get it down on paper. 
and use up the extra time. Like, I understand either <laughs> of those reasonings. Okay, okay, cool. Well, look for that Saturday in the paper, okay. Will Chamberlain exclusive <laughs> with me. Yes, thank yeah. you. You spoiled it. Talking it's, to the poltergeist uh, of Will Chamberlain. Now. Perfect. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you, guys. We'll talk soon and see you soon. All right, thanks again. That's Matt Tate. Check out all his work, KUSports.com, in the Lawrence Journal world. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into RCST. Kevin Flaherty joins us in about 10 minutes. But first, we got to get to the rest of what Lance Leipold, the KU football head coach, had to say. Played the first half for you toward the end of the 3 o'clock hour. Here's the rest of what Leipold shared with the media earlier today. When you get back to this this group, and you talked a minute ago about being more physical on both sides of the ball, I know that's always an emphasis, but how do you how do you achieve something like that in, in spring? Well, it's a balance, Matt. It really is, but it's something with the demeanor and emphasis, and we started with some drills today that, that were implemented, that were used, that you can use in, in, in the uh, – in the dress format of today, but it'll it'll pick up um, as we put the pads on. It doesn't, you know. Sometimes everybody says be, you know, be physical. That means you're going to tackle more. And but it's a it's a mentality of how you go about it and in your mindset of, of different things uh, through the drill work and and uh, and we're probably going to emphasize that a lot more than we have in our in in the past. I was going to say two springs, but since we've only been here one, I, you know, but uh, through our camps and, and previous spring practices. And how much do you want that to come from, from players, not just your coaches yelling at them to do it, but yeah, your guys? Yeah, you know, that's fall. You know, that, that, that to me can be, it's not all hype there. It's about going out and executing. And that, again, is the challenge for us to, to evaluate that um, as we're watching the film. It has to come, and it's a mentality, and and sometimes you either have it or you don't, you know, and, and we're going to find out at where, where you're at. And, and again, I, I don't see us backing down from it and we're going to keep emphasizing it. And then you're able to, um, you know, I, I think you embrace it more. And, and I, I think this group understands it. I think our defense does and, and, and wants to get better. And, uh, you know, again, it's, we're going, you know, as a head coach and and as coaches, we've got to we we've got to make that happen in other ways, and 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 we'll find it. You might have already answered this, kind of in almost everything you've said, but but let's fast forward to April eighth, and you're looking after the spring showcase, and, and you're looking back at what you just did. What what will you determine? made oh, wow. this whole thing successful this spring? These well, fifteen practices. Yeah, I, I think uh, again. Um, you know, some of those answers defensively of, of departed players, where we're going to be um, rotationally, especially up front, since we don't, you know, those guys are rotating and splitting time. Um, you know, where, we, you know, the, the backup safety position, I think, will be interesting. The development, and, and I, I like where we're at at the corner spot. Um, you know, I think uh, Mello and, and Kobe have continued to, Get stronger, and they're you know they're they're they have they got experience now, confidence, and as they continue to develop in the weight room and doing those things, you see them gain even more confidence in what they're doing. I think Kalen Gervin's have a really good uh, um, you know off season so far, and he's taken that and he's gonna you know play in some nickel situations. So um, you know all of that. Uh, Brian Dilworth's a player that I think has a lot of ability. Um, again, to see him continue to grow. Um, 
So I'm I'm looking forward to all that. Uh, where where we're at to at the with our linebacker rotation, not just the three that have started, and and that all all those guys I just mentioned. Where does that carry us in special teams, and where we're going to be better in there? And um, you know we have to be better in the kicking game in all phases, and we've got to find ways to gain whether it be possessions, yardage, all those things um, through that. So that'll be part of our evaluation as we go, which is sometimes difficult in the spring because you're not doing a lot of full. It's more mainly technique, but we'll, we'll continue to work that way. So, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I look at, you know, where we're at at running back. I know he didn't add, you know, Daniel, Daniel Highshaw did not practice today and, and, and will be held for a while yet. Um, but uh, I thought Dylan McDuffie, and, you know, Dylan knows their system and, and knows how we practice. He probably, and, and that showed today right away because he knows what's expected of the back and finishing and ball security, all that. So it was great to see him kind of jump in and, and go, you know, uh, and, and he'll have a chance to, to, to help in various roles. So um, the receiver position, okay, we have, you know, who's going to be, you know, again, that's a, that, that's a nice core. Who's going who's gonna to step up, maybe separate themselves a little bit more. The tight end position and, the, and all the flexibility we have there, that, that's going to be another thing we, we will continue to look at. So, um, you know, it's expected, of course, that we're going to get better. How much better are we going to think in 15 practices is going to probably be the best way to, to look at it. Um, it's it's unique, I guess, Matt, is that, you know, we used to sit up here and, and talk about all the things that we had no idea what we were really going to, what we're watching, what we're doing, how far we have to go. And and we do now. And, uh, and now it's a matter of we keep uh, raising the expectation for us to get better. Um, you know, I, I guess I didn't have one. You know, he was going through some, you know, he's he's been doing drills, this and that, and then, you know, like Tanaka Scott. Okay, it's a muscle thing. It's not a. It's not the injury. Okay, so. I think uh, you have like 88 players, based on just counting through here, that at one point took a red shirt. Can you talk about what the importance of the red shirting process is, and is that a high number? Is that about normal? Well, first of all, I didn't know that, so you kind of got me on. Um, um, well, first of all, we have a, we have about 118 guys, I think, right now. It's a lot of guys. Um, we brought 110 into camp, so we're operating above in August right now. Which was so if you if you're out there watching, we're we're trying to get a lot done. I know you're not in there doing some of the team stuff, but we're we're running up to three offensive huddles. Um, uh, at a time, so uh, a lot of people. And that's why some of my comments will, will be vague, is even more vague probably, Matt, than normal. So um, because I'll have to wait till we really go in and watch it, because you're you're trying to get your eyes on a lot of different things. Um, as far as the red shirting, um, I like it because again, you're 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 trying to develop guys at a you know, especially in today's I guess new era of things. I think you see a lot of a lot of older players. I think we've talked in here again. Our first year, we're the youngest Power Five football team in the, in, in the country. Now that doesn't mean we still have redshirted younger players, but if we can continue to do that, develop players, keep them in there in the program, minimize attrition, I think it gives you a chance to be a successful football program.
That was Lance Leipold finishing out that conversation earlier today. We're going to take a timeout. Kevin Flaherty joins us next. This is RCST. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson and joined now by Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports. Kansas takes on Texas Tech tonight, pregame 6.30, tip-off 8 o'clock here on KLWN and our sister station 105.9 KISS. Uh, so Texas Tech's on a bit of a roll. I was I was looking on Bart Torvik earlier today, and uh, since February 10th, which I know that's not like a super long sample size, but Kansas is third over that about 18-day span, 19-day span. Texas Tech is 16th in the country. So, Kevin, when you've watched Texas Tech here of late, and they've won four of the last five, the lone loss was by a point. Even you go back before that, uh, the loss before was was by three points. Uh, what have you seen that has made them a much better, more dangerous team here over the past few weeks? Well, I think a big part of it's just been them getting healthy, you know, getting IMAC into the lineup, getting Pop Isaacs back. You know, this is a team that a lot of us thought could be a top, you know, top half of the Big 12 team this year based on the guys that they were bringing in, based on a couple of the guys that they were bringing back. A lot of people like me, you know, Absolutely loved Kevin O'Banner when he first arrived at Tech and really felt like this would be the year that he wound up taking a jump, you know, in in his second year there and then with the pieces they added around him. And and so, you know, there, I guess you could look and maybe say, hey, there's been a, a change here or a tweak here. But honestly, Derek, I think the biggest thing is just getting mostly their full comp complement of players. I think Bacho's still out, right? And so they aren't a hundred percent there, but I do think that they have enough guys and enough of their main guys now that, that this is kind of what they felt like they'd look like all season. So what is the key then for KU tonight to, you know, not just come out with a victory, but kind of avoid what happened against West Virginia where they have to kind of sweat one out late into the game? What do they have to do well to to get a, I don't know, win that would be around what the point spread was, which I think last I saw was around nine and a half. Yeah, that point spread's enormous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you look at it and I realize, you know, Kansas hasn't lost, you know, a senior night since Abraham Lincoln was president. But even <laughs> so, when you look at it, it's... Uh, it doesn't seem like it would be that big of a mismatch. And you look at the game in Lubbock, and I realize it's on the road and so many different things, but Kansas really played well in that game. And, you know, that was without IMAC in the lineup. It was an incredibly physical game, if you remember. I mean, guys were, you know, jumping off of steel cages and hitting each other with chairs for (laughs) rebounds. And Kansas actually thrived in that environment and actually out-rebounded Texas Tech. And both teams, you know, shot lights out from behind the three-point arc. And so when you look at it, I think, you know, with IMAC coming back, you're probably not going to get the same whistle that you got in Lubbock just because it was such an outlier in terms of, they really just let guys play. I mean, I'm not sure if three or four players died. That's what I heard. But, I mean, it it, it really was, jokes aside, it right. really was a physical game that they let a lot of things go. And, and I thought that in that game, that kind of played to KU's favor because KU was the more physical team on that night. And, and so I think, 
with iMac back, that's not necessarily going to be the case. You know, all of a sudden, no banner is your four rather than your five. And so Texas Tech, you got to, you don't have to win the battle on the glass, but you can't like really lose the battle on the glass to Texas Tech, where it's a major advantage for the Red Raiders. And then the other thing is, is, you know, we've seen Texas Tech's no middle defense, you know, enough over the years, and now you're starting to see it at other teams. You know, even Kansas runs, you know, some portions of that defense to know that you just have to be really patient in the way that you move the ball. The shots are going to be there, but they aren't usually going to be there on that first side, right? If you move it to the right, you're not typically going to get a great shot if the ball isn't getting reversed and isn't getting skipped and things like that. And so having patience, not turning the ball over. And then the other thing is, as everybody who hates to play Texas Tech will bring up, is it seems like when you play Texas Tech, you you get yourself into a lot of block charge call situations. And you want to limit those situations as much as you can and, and certainly make sure that you don't end up on the wrong end of too many of those sorts of uh, decisions, too. Yeah, certainly after the last game with West Virginia where they ran into uh, (laughs) over under a billion of them, something around that number. Uh, So I I have some Big 12 questions for you uh, for the rest of the segment here. Just kind of going through. We're getting close to the Big 12 tournament, to the NCAA tournament. So uh, which bottom half Big 12 team would you least want to play if you were an opposing NCAA tournament school? That's uh, you would say Tech if Tech got in, but I don't know that Texas Tech's going to get in for a couple reasons. One, you know, if Texas Tech wins tonight, then they can get to that you know sort of seven and eleven magic mark that we've talked about on the show since the Big Twelve went double round robin to eighteen games. No team in the Big Twelve has gotten into the NCAA tournament with a worse conference record than 7-11. And that's not saying this year couldn't be the outlier, right? Because of what everybody knows about how strong the Big 12 is, maybe if there was going to be a year where you tapped a 6-12 and team to get in, you know, this would be that year. I, I'm a little bit doubtful uh, on that. And especially when you look at Texas Tech not really playing a whole lot of people and certainly not beating anybody of consequence in non-con play, I, I think that really hurts if they're sitting there at 6-12. and 12. So I don't know that Tech's going to get in, but Tech would be the bottom half team that I would fear the most. I think Iowa State is bottom half, you know, just barely. And it's such an interesting team because I think that Iowa State at its best could do what it did last year. You know, when Iowa State's playing well, they're going to defend you. They have some matchup problems that, offensively if they're playing well they can they can take advantage of and so that's a team that could potentially you know sneak an upset or two out but at the same time Iowa State hasn't been that team for the last few weeks and so it's hard to look at them or an Oklahoma State and say basically hey these these guys are are dangerous teams when they have that potential but right now heading into the Big 12 tournament heading into the postseason they just aren't those teams right now. All right, forget the NCAA tournament. More likely to make a deep Big 12 tournament run, TCU or Iowa State with the backing of all the fans they're going to bring in from Ames? 
Well, gosh, the Iowa State fan advantage is just absolutely huge. And I highly recommend anybody who's listening and hasn't been to the Big 12 tournament before, it really is an amazing event and an incredible atmosphere. And and Iowa State fans give Iowa State, I feel like, a home court advantage over everybody, and that possibly includes even Kansas. Because if it's 50-50, Iowa State fans are the ones who are raining down booze and debris and everything and and kind of making that a, a hostile atmosphere at, over at T-Mobile. But I do think that's an advantage for them. But at the same time, I, I've said this on this show before, I really think TCU is one of the best teams in the Big 12. I know where they're at in the standings. We've talked before about, obviously, they missed Eddie Lampkin for a portion of conference play. They missed Mike Miles for a portion of conference play. And so I really look at TCU being closer to sort of that Kansas-Texas-Baylor group than they are to Iowa State. And the... The standings don't bear that out because of the injuries. But at the same time, I think when you're looking at making a run now that they have Mike Miles back, you know, that now that they have their pieces, making a run in Kansas City and, and potentially even making a run in the NCAA tournament, I think the Horned Frogs are a really dangerous team. Talking with Kevin Flaherty, 24 7 Sports, uh, some more Big 12 questions. Who is the most likely Big 12 player? to carry their team to a deep run in March. So not just, you know, a player who's good, who's on a team that could go deep in March, but one who really could go off during a March tournament run where we're going, man, this guy can't be stopped. It's, you know, that Kemba Walker type run. Not necessarily to win a title, but you know what I mean. No, and it's a fascinating question because I think think he's not the Big 12's best player, but I think we saw it earlier this conference season where K-State was so tough to beat because Marquise Noel was just throwing in 40-footers. And, and so I, I think, you know, Kansas State's a, a pretty good team regardless. They maybe aren't as talented as some other, you know, top four teams have been in, in recent years. Keontae Johnson, I think you could argue, is, is K-State's best player. But I think that when Marquise Noel is going out there and he's playing with confidence – and he's shooting the ball like that from the outside. Uh, I think he's the guy that kind of raises that team another level. Certainly, you know, it, it feels weird to pick Kansas in this since Kansas, if it wins tonight, will will win the Big 12. And so it feels weird to say, hey, this this player will, will do this. But the other one, and I know it's, it's one of the strangest stats of the year, and, and it's not necessarily carrying – but when Dewan Harris is aggressive, Kansas is just so much better. And, of course, there's that stat out there that Kansas has won every single game this year where he scored four or more points. And, you know, it's not necessarily – I you know, I joked in the West Virginia game, you know, he had sort of eight quick points, and I said, I don't understand why they're still playing the game. They should have called it because, you know, it should be over now. But – in all in all seriousness, you know, Dewan Harris is one of those guys where you look at Kansas and you say Jalen Wilson's the best player. Grady Dick is the guy that the Big Twelve coaches say that they game plan for the most because they feel like, hey, in most circumstances, Jalen Wilson is going to get his. But if Grady Dick comes out and hits hits six three pointers, then that's that's kind of the ball game. But I also think that Dwan Harris is the guy that 
if he comes into the NCAA tournament and plays to the level that he's capable of, I think it takes Kansas from being a pretty good team to truly being one of the elite teams and a team that has a chance to cut down the nets again. All right, so for this question, it would have to be somebody who would be the the better seed going into their game. Which Big 12 team do you think is most upset-prone in the first or second round of the NCAA tournament? In the NCAA tournament? Yes. I, I think... I think Baylor is staggeringly vulnerable if that team doesn't make shots. And when you look at the defense and the way that they struggle and, and the way that they give up easy shots, you, you know, it, it's interesting. I caught, uh, I caught some flack from some people when I said after KU's win over Baylor, you know, everybody talked about the huge second half that, that Kansas had. And obviously it was terrific, but I said that in a lot of ways that half represented more you know, it, it said more about Baylor, I thought, than it did about Kansas. And, and not that Kansas didn't play well, but, you know, the Jayhawks were able to get great looks all the way through. The very next game, Baylor plays Kansas State. It's pretty much a parade to the rim in the second half. And so I wonder a little bit whether Baylor has it in it to really improve the defense to where it needs to be for, for a deep tournament run. Uh, I think Kansas State, you know, would be a maybe a little bit higher seed that would be vulnerable because the talent level isn't nearly as high. But I think Baylor is is very capable of, of kind of doing what they did last year, you know, coming out against that eight seed in North Carolina and just, you know, really falling behind and not playing well defensively. I realized they pressed and were able to get back into that game, but they were getting absolutely run in that contest. And I think Baylor's defense is probably worse this year than it was last year. Uh, if you were in charge of the committee, forget what you think's going to happen, uh, forget what you would predict to happen if you were just uh, you're you're the commissioner of the committee and you have final say on which teams make the tournament how many big 12 teams would you put in the ncaa tournament yeah i think i think when you're looking at it because the way you the way you look at it is that you don't there's not a recency thing like a lot of us who are a little bit older can remember them putting up on the screen like how a team fared in its last 10 games. And that was an actual factor. That, that was so at. annoying, by the way. But they don't anymore. But, 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 but they don't do that anymore. And, and you remember, obviously, the Trey Young Oklahoma team that was nowhere near a tournament team down the stretch of that season and, and really struggled and still made the tournament. And so I, I think when you look at that, I, I think you probably, you know, get around eight Big 12 teams in. Uh, I think that's probably about the number that you'll see with seven wins. And and even an Oklahoma State team that you look at now and you say, my gosh, they're not playing well. When you look at the overall resume, the 7-11, you know, in the stacked Big 12, some of the wins that Oklahoma State was able to get, I, I, I would have Oklahoma State in. I, I really would. And I think that Oklahoma State is one of those teams that when you look at them compared to some of the other teams that are on the quote-unquote bubble, like North Carolina is on the bubble right now. They have one quad one win, and it's at home against a Virginia team that's number 29 in net. So literally if Virginia drops two spots, 
which you don't even have to lose to do. You can just have an inefficient game. North Carolina would have zero quad one wins. And so if that's a team that you're looking at on the bubble and you're looking at other teams like that, uh, I would have a hard time saying, hey, Oklahoma State, you know, stay in Stillwater and, you know, host around in the NIT when, you know, they've, uh, they've had more opportunities and played a much tougher schedule than some of these other teams. He is Kevin Flaherty. You can check out all his work with 24-7 Sports. Kevin, appreciate the time as always, and uh, looking forward to catching up with you next week as we'll have a, a fully set Big 12 tournament bracket. Yep, sounds great. All right, that's Kevin Flaherty, 24-7 Sports. Two hours down, one to go. We got some more KU basketball talk coming up next. Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Five o'clock hour, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. If you're looking for the perfect destination for your next social or corporate gathering, venue 1235, a large climate-controlled event space with a catering kitchen, private suite, and a covered patio has you covered. They are located just five minutes uh, from downtown Lawrence and right off I-70. You can check out some of their upcoming events and ongoings, or you can book an event for yourself with venue 1235. KU takes on Kansas State tonight. We actually have some uh, high school basketball coming at you, too. Well, you just said KU takes on Kansas State. KU takes on the team south of Kansas State tonight (laughs) and to the west, I think. Yeah, sorry about that. Are they west? I think they are. I was was, uh, in my head thinking about Kevin answering that one question, Marquise Noel, and you were unhappy. Oh, dude. No, yeah, no. You were on it. You're a you're a Marquise Noel like hater. You well, are I, there is just, a Marquise Noel just, hate club. You are like the just, the, the president. <laughs> sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean he plays for K State. Yeah, I don't like. Him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great. Uh, but yeah, Kansas <laughs> plays Texas Tech. Thank you for for correcting me on that. Uh, pre-game going to start at 6.30. Tip-off going to be at 8 o'clock tonight here on KLWN and our sister station, 105.9 KISS. I was just looking at the map. Manhattan is definitely west of Lo- – or Lubbock Shoot. is definitely west of Oh, okay, Manhattan. good. You're, All right. You're right. We oh. nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Well, you so know, West Texas is like way out there. Yeah, it's a lot more west than you – I mean, Texas is just gigantic, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, anyway, we also have high school hoops going on tonight. The Lawrence High boys basketball team is hosting a sub-state semifinal game. Free State boys basketball team is going to be on the road tonight at Junction City. So I'm sure they'll keep you updated what's going on over at Junction City for the Free State game during the broadcast tonight. But uh, Sam Speck, Craig Hershiser will be on the call of the LHS boys game as they try to move on to the sub-state finals. Pre-game will be a 5.50 tip-off at 6 on our sister station, 92.9 The Bowl and Bowl929.com with, again, KU Hoops tonight here on KLWN and 105.9 KISS. All right, so we got to do our uh, Rock Chalk Pickahawk and KU game picks. Yeah, this, as is it, a, this is a big one because we're tied up. Yeah, so as it stands right now, uh, let's do with KU game picks first. Um, okay. You are 15 and 13 on KU game picks. Oh, I'm over I 500 am, now. Dang. Yeah, I'm 16 and 12. I'm trying to stay at right at 500. So you got to lose both this this time. Well, I don't want to. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Well, it is uh, Texas Tech. The line is down to Texas Tech plus eight. And the over-under is 147 and a half. Kansas and the under. Those are my picks. Okay, so Kansas minus eight and under 147 and a half. Well, hang on a second. I might go over, actually. 
No, I changed my mind. Give me the over. Okay. Change my mind. I, I keep going back and forth on Kansas is going to cover the eight, I think it's they'll probably end up scoring more. Yeah, but could it just be because Tex held the 65 points? Could be. Know? But what if it's 85 to 65? Then the over would cover. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll be clear. I, I do not like betting this this spread because I, as I told Matt, I envision this game being really close at half. I'm actually going to put something on Tech first half spread. Okay. But I could I think Kansas pulls away at some point in the second half. The question to me is, does them pulling away make them win by six? Or does it make them win by 12? Good, yeah. So I don't totally know. I guess I'm going to do Kansas minus eight. Uh, I'll just do it and say they pull away late free throws or something. All right. Over under. I am going to say under. You're a big under guy. I am an under guy. And I'm an over guy. Yeah. So you're, you're what are you officially doing? Over uh, or the under? Kansas and the over. Okay. So I'll take Kansas, but then the under as well. Do you want to do a same game parlay? Dude, I don't know. We're, we just we just suck. I don't know how else to put it. We're just not good. We're 0-3 so, right now. I don't know. Should we do one? Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, I think this might be a tough game for KJ because of their interior defense, like just the no middles defense. They haven't been great defensively. I will say that. Uh, Let's see. Jalen okay. on senior night, I could see just having a game he's where been, he launches up a billion shots. He's been struggling, And it's not though. the most efficient game, but he puts up a high total. Okay, Let's so do Jalen 20-plus points. Okay. Okay. Right, I would li- I'm looking. Hang on here. You can go Grady if you think he can just shoot over the defense. How do you feel about uh, McCuller over 12.5 points? I lean toward liking it, and I could see him having a big game. But also there is that worry in the back of my head that it is going to be too, like, Emotional for him, but sure, let's do it. So DraftKings does not have DeWan Harris listed on any of their no. props, presumably because they are unsure of how much he's going to play. Yeah, I'm not even seeing Kevin McCuller on here, to be clear. He's on there. Hmm. On points. You don't see him? Nope. He's uh, fourth down on what I'm looking at. Fourth one down on the list. No, he must not be on the... For some reason, he's not on the same game parlay version of it. Oh. So that's very odd. Okay, well that's, that's stupid. Okay. Uh, okay, never mind. Not Kevin McCuller. What if we go? What if we just right, go we'll like take, all in uh, on Jalen? Over seven and a half <laughs> rebounds, twenty plus. I'm points. fine with over seven and a half rebounds. All right, you want to just do how those many legs two? are we doing? We can just do those two and try to get a win. <laughs> Jalen Wilson senior night parlay. Uh, okay, I'm fine with that. All right, the place pays plus one seventy five. Let's get a dub. Okay, twenty plus points, eight plus rebounds. Boom, we're good. We're golden. Okay. Okay, uh, Rock Chalk pick a hawk. We are tied thirteen all as you mentioned. Big game. Big game. I now have the first pick. Okay. We just put together a parlor for Jalen Wilson. Jalen Wilson's been the first pick pretty he's often. Also struggled when I picked him lately. He's also been kind of not very good in However, Pickahawk lately. Last last round of Pickahawk, you took him first, and he struggled for you too. So I don't think it's a me That's thing true. anymore. He only got 14 last week. Yeah, I don't think it's a me the, thing anymore. On Saturday. Jalen Wilson. Bounce back game senior night. Okay. Bang. I would go with DeJuan Harris here, but I don't, I don't know. I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to go with Grady. I'll go with Grady, and then I'm really torn here. Mm, I'll take Kevin McCuller. Dang it. <laughs> you want him to pick the one? I you? did. I, I <laughs> wanted you to. I, I just wanted to be left Kevin um, in one way. So, you know, I'll go KJ Adams with the next pick. Okay. And then uh, DeWan Harris. I'm not okay. going to let him slip to you the next round. Yeah, that would Even be- though we, 
We think he's going to play. We think he's going to yeah. play a full load, but yeah. you don't know how effective he'll be. But he played really well against Texas Tech last time. Made five for five from three. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to continue to give him some openings from downtown. Probably. He'll get a lot of assists. Probably. Hasn't been turning it over a lot. True. High floor player. Yep. So, Especially give me the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, the the bench is coming off of their worst game ever. <laughs> and I'm What was it again? They played 19 minutes and the they, plus minus they, was like was minus, minus 12. 26. Oh, is uh, that minus twenty six? Minus twenty six. Well, but no, because Bobby by himself was like minus eleven. Oh my god! And he played th- over just over three minutes. And to be clear, like plus minus stats it are not. I mean, it's not like the in a one game all. sample. It, it's not. Yeah, but but it's when it's that bad. It's it's pretty <laughs> like you know. No, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Right. So I'm I'm nervous to go with the bench guy here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Ernest. I don't feel great about it. I mean, we have to take some bench it's, players. Exactly. You have to. So oh, yeah, you do have to. So it's almost like which bench player is going to not get negative. <laughs> which last game it was, it was all of them except for the ones that didn't the ones play. That didn't play. Yeah, because I think I think Joe <laughs> was like minus, minus one. one. Bobby Ernest, was like minus, minus six. six. Ernest was like, minus four. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Wow, that's sad. So I right, I Ernest, might steer into this I, and just take the guys that don't. I have think another pick. Play. I have another pick. Yes, right? you do. All right, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pick Kevin O'Banner. He went off last tech. time. Yep. And that's my tech player. Okay, so I can wait on my tech player now. Um, see, this is tough because I, I really do, after being spurned last game, I lost you by two or three points. Yeah, you lost by two points. And I got minus was, 10 from those two bench guys. Yep. I am so tempted to so just, you could take, just take, like, like Jankovic and uh, yeah, Dylan Wilhite and yep. Charlie McCarthy. <laughs> I, I'm seriously tempted to do that and just take the zeros and be like, yeah, whatever happens. But I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not going to. In Joe Yasufu, we trust. I do I, not I actually. I like that pick. I do uh, not know if I can trust Bobby. I like that pick actually from oh, of Joe. That's a good pick. I think <sighs> maybe it might be a bad pick. I don't know. I you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to take Bobby. I'm taking Joe Yankovic. Or no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just combine two people. <laughs> Michael Jankovic, dude. By the way, if you combine Joe Yesvu and Michael Jankovic, how good would that player be? The best Imagine player in the country. Michael Jankovic is shooting with Joe Yesvu's athleticism and just. Yeah. Bang. No, I I had I'm I'm hard pressed to disagree with that. That's Remy Martin. Yes. Except he's six five. Is is I don't Jankovic know. Jankovic is six five, right? Six five. Is he? Six four? Maybe like he's six, tall. Six, taller. Two? I don't know. No. But he's, he's taller at, than Joe. He's listed at point. like six five. If we're five. taking the best ass. He's listed attributes. at six five, I think. Uh so anyway, Michael Jankovic <laughs> is my opinion. Do you think he's six five? No, I do not. He's listed at six five, I'm pretty sure. All right, well, that's ultimate college listings. Okay. Dude, I did a college game like a week or two ago, um, <laughs> and, and that was like NAIA ball, and uh, there was a team that listed a guy at seven foot, and I, I went like floor side, and I saw him standing next to a guy. you're 6'5". Yeah, yeah, and I saw him standing next to a guy on the other team who was 6'7", and he was like maybe an inch taller than him. And I was like, really? Anyway. <laughs> okay. Anyways, to circle back, I have Grady, McCuller, Ernest Duday, Kevin O'Banner. All right, I guess I'm going to take Dude, this is terrible. I don't want Bobby, but I, I mean, think you don't I have, have to. to. You don't have to. That's what no, I, I think. Did. I, I do have to. I've heard it. I'm taking Bobby. Okay, Bobby. It's okay. I'm be so Bobby had seven points and yeah, six assists in their I'm last so game. So mad if he does that this game. So Against mad. Texas dude. Tech. All right, you have one more. And Rice or uh, one of the backup centers or uh, circle a zero with one of the walk-ons. Zuby. I'm gonna take okay. Zuby. Zuby Adjifer. He did play Zuby. in the first game. Um, all right, so I got to take a tech player. I'm going to take Fardaz, Amic, Amic. I 
don't totally know how to pronounce it, but he puts up like 12 and 7. Yeah. Usually in Pickahawk, rebounds are a nice floor to have, right? Yeah. No, that's true. So I'll take him on the inside. All right, that's going to do it for uh, Rock Chalk Pickahawk. We have some Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller audio ahead of the game against Texas Tech. That next, this is RCST. Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.